James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Just around the corner from where I live is a church where the pastor is a committed atheist. Her story has been headlined in news articles across Canada as well as the New York Times. To many Christians and non-Christians alike, it is a remarkable thing to have someone who is openly stating they do not believe in God, but still want to lead a local church congregation. In her book, With or Without God, she writes, I'm calling for a conscientious clearing of the house of faith, a sweeping away of language that suggests salvation from hell in return for a belief in the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins. That's pretty strong. Understandably, many Christians are shocked to hear that someone with these beliefs could be given a church platform to share. While I completely agree with their criticism, there is also a part of me that says this pastor is simply being more honest than a number of Christians I have met who say they believe in God but have little evidence to back up their claims. They have embraced labels. They're Catholic. Pentecostal, or Greek Orthodox, and to them, that is all that matters. What James is getting at in this passage is a false mindset that says, I believe in God, but makes him no part of daily life choices. Each day is planned and organized as though he does not even exist. James addresses the businessman who does not take God into any of his preparations. In doing so, James is not condemning wise planning, but he is coming against anyone who lives as though this life is all there is. Think of how we do this in modern society. Much is said about doing all we can to retire early. We need to build residual forms of income so we're not dependent on the government. We must save so we can get into a better house and we must certainly do all that we can to ensure our future generations are set up for financial success. And to a certain extent, all of this is true. But I wonder if in all of this push and drive to succeed, if we don't devolve into some sort of spiritual atheism. We place such a high emphasis on the last quarter of our lives and lose sight of everything that we should be doing to focus on eternity. Money is good, but who cares if our kids do not love Jesus? A nice home is comfortable, but it's nothing in comparison to our eternal homes that await. Before digging deeper into this passage, let's pause and praise God that all of the pain and suffering in this life is as a moment. It will vanish, and we can then spend eternity with God.
A buzz phrase among motivational speakers goes something like this. Live like no one else so that one day you can live like no one else. In other words, work hard today so that you can live off that success in the future. Again, this statement is partially true. The power of compound interest makes it smart business to save in our 30s so we can reap in our 60s. But again, as important as retirement might be, there is virtually no comparison to eternity. Nothing. This picture that we kill ourselves with work in our youth, substituting dollars for our kids' sporting events so that we can settle down and do nothing in retirement is completely contrary to virtually every major Christian figure in history, including Jesus himself. Try telling this to someone like the Apostle Paul, Peter, or virtually any early church leader. Listen to these words of James again. For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Think about that. That mist you might see over a lake in the morning. That is the extent of your life. It's there for a small window of time, only to vanish with the morning sunlight. In your daily grind of life, it's possible you have gotten off focus. Perhaps you have spent too much of your time focused on the here and now, and little on eternity. If so, take some moments right now to reflect, but then also confess this attitude to God. In verse 15, James gives us the alternative prayer that we should be praying. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Now, I've heard some people view this verse as though it's a universal command for all declarative sentences. Every time they make a statement, they follow it up with, if the Lord wills, as though if they don't somehow say that, they might be struck dead for lying. This isn't what James is talking about. Instead, his point is that in every action we take in life, God and eternity are to be the central figures for that decision. It's realizing and even declaring to God that as we pray for our business to thrive, that in a moment of time, all that we have worked for could be snatched from our hands. Do you have something that you have been asking God about recently? Take a few moments right now and... Add this statement from James to your prayers. If the Lord wills. Maybe it's something like this. Lord, this, and then fill in the blank, is what I want to see happen, but only if you will. Go ahead and pray this prayer to God right now and fill in your own words. Properly viewed, money is just a brick that we are entrusted to carry. Some people have more bricks and others have less. 
How we spend our money has a way of preparing us for eternity. We are to use the blessings God has given us to further his kingdom. For some, it's accumulating a good deal of wealth in their younger years so that they can become a philanthropist of Christian causes when they are older. For others, like Paul, they live as tent makers, often with very little income, sacrificing the money that they could make to invest their time, energy, and resources directly into the lives of other people. For the Christian who has much, but is using their wealth to advance the kingdom, it's also easy to criticize other believers who have little as being wasteful and not being very strategic. But each of these approaches needs one another. We need Apostle Pauls who will sacrifice all that they have to spread the gospel. But we also need Lydia's who will give of their blessings to make such a ministry possible. Question for you today. How do you view your money? Do you spend, save, and invest your money with an eye on eternity? Or is it done with a mind that says everything you have is yours? James says in verse 17, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Take a few moments right now to yield what you know to be true to God. Father, help me to live and work today with the mindset that you are truly alive and that eternity is a reality. I confess this is so easy for me to forget. I start living for myself and stop seeing what you have called me to do. Guard my heart. You see the plans I am making, plans that I think are good, but I lay these at your feet this morning and say if there is any part of my life, finances, relationships, or career that you want to change, it's yours. I trust you today. Amen.